Welcome, and thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com. And now for the message from Pastor Nathan Lang. All right, Nehemiah chapter 4, if you would. Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4 this evening. We'll begin uh, reading in verse number 1. Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse number 1. Page number 862 on my Bible. It's a, um, I don't know what page it is on your Bible. And uh, I have a church Bible. And uh, uh, so I don't know. But that's, that's what mine is. So um, 410. Oh, all right. Well, hey, that'll work. That'll work. And uh, I have a wide margin Bible. So uh, mine's my, I have a pretty thick, pretty thick Bible. And uh, my Bible's probably three, four inches thick here. But uh, that's okay. I love being able to write my notes in it. But Nehemiah chapter number four, and let's look in verse number, uh, let's look at verse number one. The Bible says, but it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren in the army of Samaria and said, what do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? And I preached the whole message on that, just on that one verse before. I'm not doing that tonight. But in verse number three, now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. And it's absolutely amazing uh, how Tobiah comes along. And literally what he's saying here is he sees Nehemiah, as he sees them building this wall. And uh, he looks out and he says, he says, I look at this puny little wall. If a fox went up, it'd knock it down. And, and he's taunting them and he's, he's mocking them. And, and, uh, and it's just absolutely amazing. And they're doing what God would have them to do. Uh, does that make any sense to you? They're doing God's will and they're getting made fun of for it. Boy, I tell you what, if you do anything for God, you're going to know that there's always going to be the hearsayers, the naysayers, the, uh, the people who are going to mock you. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to jeer at you. Uh, you're going to have that in the Lord's work. But in verse number four, hear, O our God, for we are despised and turn their reproach upon their own head and give them for a prey in the land of captivity. And cover not their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So built we the wall. And all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. And you see here, I'm going to stair-step it a little bit here, and we'll get into the message, uh, but... He said, you know, all this is going on. Sand Ballad, he's making fun of us. He's poking at us. Uh, we're getting this criticism. All this is coming along. Uh, but he says, you know what? We built the wall anyway. We just kept right on going. Yeah, we got made fun of. Yeah, we got, you know, uh, we had to fight. The Bible says here, you'll see here in a little bit, they had to fight. They had to stop and, and keep going and back and forth and, and building and fighting and going back and forth in their life. And they have that. And so, uh, so he said, you know what? Hey, we just, we just kept right on going. And, uh, and, and that's, that's, that, was their, that was their life. That was what they were doing uh, along the way. In verse 5, and cover not their iniquity uh, and let not their sin be blotted out from before, uh, before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders, so built we the wall. And all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. And hey, the people were in this thing together. Uh, it wasn't a part. It wasn't, hey, they're working while the other ones are sitting still. Hey, they were working together. They were accomplishing this thing. Uh, some, were, some were resting. Some were fighting. Some were building. Some were fighting. Uh, just back and forth. They were going back and forth. In verse 7, 
But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and, and that the breaches began to be stopped, uh, then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Israel and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them that day and night because of them. And Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burdens are decayed and there is much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversary said, they shall not know, uh, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times, from all places when she uh, shall uh, return unto us, then they will be upon you. Therefore said I in the lower places behind the wall, and on the higher places, I even set the people after the families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, and your wives, and your houses. And so uh, here they are. They're set up. And he said, All right, now they're going to come at us. They're going to be fighting us. They're not just criticizing anymore. They want to fight. This is, this is, there's going to be bloodshed here. And he said, You need to rise up. They had a mind to work. They had a unity. And what's so great about this is simply because they had it together in the beginning of this thing, before all of it started breaking out, when it did come time to fight, they were already unified. They were already working together. They were already already praying for each other, already serving together. Uh, And so when fight did break out, they were able to just keep right on going and not skip a beat. And he says, all right, now, uh, in verse number 14, he says, uh, you need to fight for your sons, for your brethren, for your daughters, for your wives, for your houses. He said, hey, it's all or nothing. We need to pitch in and we need to get the job done. We need to fight and we need to go at this thing. And he says in verse 15, and it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us and God had brought their counsel to naught that we returned all of us to the wall, everyone unto his work. And it came to pass from that time forth that the half of my servants wrought in the work and the other half of them held both the spears and the shields and the bows and the habergians and the rulers were behind all the house of Judah. And so we see here that they they were all in. They were ready to go. And they, verse 17, and they built it on the wall and they that bear burdens with those that laid it, everyone with one of his hands wrought in the work and with the other hand held a weapon. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine that going to war? You're trying to build this wall. You're trying to get this thing accomplished. And at the same time, you've got to put it down. You've got to go over there and you've got to fight. And as soon as you're done fighting after an hour, two hours, three hours, whatever it was, then you had to go back and you had to start building again. And, uh, and as you're building, they're coming in and they're trying to destroy what you're trying to build. And they're trying to tear down what you're trying to do. And uh, uh, I mean, it's crazy. It's like, it's like sitting down trying to build a house with cards and you've got, a, you've got an untrained dog right there in your room. And uh, the more you build, the more he just jumps on it and tries to tear it down. And uh, that's what they're facing. They're trying to build. They're trying to do something. But yet the enemy keeps coming and trying to stop it. You know, sometimes in our Christian walk, that's exactly what it's like. We're trying to serve God. We're trying to get right. We're trying to stay right. We're trying to go to church. We're trying to be faithful to the Lord. We're trying to walk with God. Uh, But along the way, you know what's going to happen? Satan's going to send his little helpers along the way. Because I believe Satan studies us. I believe he really does. He knows exactly what to dangle in front of us that we're tempted with. I believe he knows exactly what what our besetting sin is. I believe he knows what to tempt because he's a watchful. uh, The Bible says he walketh about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 
Now, if you've ever seen that, if you've seen a lion, hey, they're not foolish. They stand on their prowl and they watch. They're always watchful. I think it's fascinating to go when we go to the Cincinnati Zoo. Have you ever been to the Cincinnati Zoo and saw the lions, the tigers, the bears? Oh, my. And you've been there. And it's absolutely phenomenal to watch them because they're so, I don't think we truly realize how powerful they are. And uh, they got this big, thick glass, and boy, I'll tell you what, if they ever got through that glass, somebody is in trouble, and, uh, because those are some powerful creatures. You could imagine, you imagine Samson being able to take one of them and rip them, rip them apart? Boy, I'll tell you what, that's, that's just phenomenal, the strength uh, that's, that's portrayed there. Uh, but uh, let's, look in, uh, let's look in verse 19, and I said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, the work is great and large, and we are separated upon the wall one far from another. In what place therein ye hear the sound of the trumpet, resort ye thither unto us, our God shall fight for us. Our God, let me stop there for a moment. You know, I said this last week, I believe. The reality is, the battle is the Lord's. Whatever battle we're facing in here, it is the Lord's, and he's going to fight for us. We just need to get out of the way and let him do his work. Now, when I say get out of the way, sometimes physically he uses us in the work. Uh, I'm not saying sit down and do nothing. That's not what I mean by get out of the way. I mean, hey, let's, let's, let's get out of the way in our own thought process and let God do what he does. Let him lead. Let him guide. In verse 20, in what place therefore you hear, I read that, verse 21, so we labored in the work and half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. Likewise, at the same time, said I unto the people, let every one with his servant lodge within Jerusalem that in the night they may be a guard to us and labor on the day. And verse 23, our last verse, so neither I nor my brethren nor my servants nor the men of the guard which followed me, none of us put off our clothes saving that everyone put off uh, put them off for washing. And so he said, we were dedicated to this thing. We, we, were, we were motivated. We were dedicated. Uh, there was nothing that was going to stop us. We are going to move forward. And can I say this? At Lighthouse Baptist Church, you cannot allow the circumstances of your life to get you off track, to get you, uh, to keep you uh, from serving Jesus Christ. Because the reality is, Satan is going to slither in there and he is going to try to get you off guard. He is going to try to get you off track. And, and he's going to use, listen, he could use people he can use people. I remember hearing Brother, uh, Brother Mark Bachman preaching years ago uh, a message, uh, and uh, I believe uh, another one, many of you know Larry Brown, preached the message called Wolves. You ever heard that message by Larry Brown? And uh, he, uh, he, a couple of you have. And uh, the reality is, uh, not everyone that is in the church has a halo on. Hey, some of them's got some horns holding up that halo. And, uh, and I believe with all my heart that Satan places people in churches to wreak havoc, to wreak destruction. Uh, you say, how do you know that? Because I've pastored for 11 years. And I know that's not long compared to some, uh, but I've been here long enough to realize that some church members, they are more of a hindrance and a burden to the ministry than they are a help. Now, don't get all offended on me. This is Sunday night. I believe you can take a little bit more jabbing on Sunday night. What I'm saying is, hey, instead of criticizing everything that goes on and that your last pastor did it a different way and you would have done it this way, hey, how about saying, hey, how can we work together in making this thing work? Because the reality is people do things differently in different places. What works here in Blue Ash at Lighthouse Baptist Church just may not work the exact same way if you tried to do it in Boise, Idaho. It's different. Some things are different, and you're going to find that. Uh, but uh, uh, the, the title of the, of the message tonight is Engaged in the Work of the Lord. We need to be engaged in the work of the Lord. You know, uh, they recognized, they realized there were some dangers around them. And can I say this, that in any work, 
that you're trying to do for Jesus Christ, uh, if you don't experience some opposition occasionally, I would be kind of concerned, to be honest. Because Satan doesn't just sit back and just wait. You know, uh, I, had, I had probably three different negative things hit me before I came to church this morning, before I even hit the church. And then I had four or five more. <laughs> and he said, uh, uh, you know what? And the Lord just, you know, we had that praise this morning on praising God where we just, if you weren't in here this morning, you missed a, a great time. Uh, and, uh, but uh, we had a great time of just praising God for what he's done in our lives, whatever it was. It was just wonderful. It was wonderful. And, uh, and I think about that and praising God. Uh, you know, I'm not going to allow Satan to get the best of my day. I'm just not. You know, God has been too good to me. God has done too much for me for me to just quit on God and say, you know what? I'm not going to serve you today. I'm not going to live for you today. But you know what they did? Some of the things they fought, you'll find that verses 1 through 3, they fought criticism. You know, if there's one area that the children of Israel were excellent, got an A plus in, that was in complaining. In complaining. God, I don't like, I don't like this food. I don't like these clothes. I don't like where you have me. I don't like the way you're doing this. I don't like this person. I don't like that person. And you could imagine Moses and Joshua as they were leading millions of people, literally uh, leading these folks. And praise the Lord that they, they eventually set up these judges and they set up this organization to where they didn't have to handle all this uh, head on. They had some people to help them along the way. Uh, praise God for that system. Uh, but the enemies of Israel mocked and ridiculed the work that they were attempting to do. And uh, and that's going to happen. You might, might as well face it in here this evening. Anytime you're determined to do something for God, there will always be those ready to criticize what you do. I remember hearing Raymond Hancock, who uh, is a, he's in heaven now, great preacher, he pastored down in Florida for many years. Matter of fact, I believe it was back in the, I want to say the 70s, uh, he was in a plane, plane crash, almost died, and praise God, the Lord you know, say, spared his life, and he lived on to pastor for many more years, and preached in evangelism, I got to hear him in pastor school and different places uh, uh, throughout my life, and just, just a tremendous man of God. But I remember him preaching from the book of Ezra, and he, he pulled out, I won't turn there for sake of time tonight, but in the book of Ezra, it says that they hired professional trouble makers to stir the work of the temple building. Did you hear that? They hired professional troublemakers. And I'll never forget this. Raymond Hancock, he said this. He said, the average Baptist church never has to worry about hiring professional troublemakers. There's always enough volunteers. There's always enough volunteers. You say, preacher, you're getting on us tonight. Hey, if, if the shoe fits, put it on. If it doesn't affect you, then hey, then, then don't worry about it. You'll be okay. Just use a little bit of thick skin tonight. Uh, but there's always going to be those ready to criticize what you do. You realize that? I found this that I, now let me say, I'm not in the pleasing people business or I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I'd be out trying to sell stuff if I'm trying to please people. I'd be out selling ice cream, Amen. <coughs> But the, the, the fact of the matter is that no matter what you're doing, if you could be as right with God as you possibly believe you can be, and you will still have somebody that points out something in your life, that points out and calls you a hypocrite. Hey, can I say this? I was talking with some of the men the other day of our church. When it boils down to it, every last one of us are a hypocrite. Hey, none of us, hey, what am I saying? I'm saying none of us are as good as we let on we are. You know what we are? We're really good at acting, aren't we? Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Don't, don't, don't be all upset. I'm not going to leave you here with your, with your knuckles dragging on the ground. <laughs> Some of the Lord's best workers, including the likes of Jesus and Paul, were criticized. 
Man, Paul got criticized everywhere he went. Imagine, imagine the Apostle Paul trying to start churches, trying, going from Ephesus and, and Colossae and Philippi and going, going to all these different places uh, and starting churches and turning those over to, to nationals and doing all of this, all this work. Uh, it's amazing, uh, you know, doing all of this. And yet he still got rocks thrown at him, literally. He still got mocked. He still got made fun of. He still got uh, stoned. He still got, uh, he got locked up. He still went to prison. All these things. Jesus, the, perfect, the sinless, perfect uh, Son of God, was nailed to a cross. If they'll do that to him, what more will we face? So, you know, you know what we need to do? We need, need to simply stand up and voice, our, voice what's right. We need to voice what's right. Hey, too many Christians. Hey, can I, let me just say this real quickly. It should not take an eight-year run with a certain president for Christians to come on up and rise up and say, all right, now, we're tired of this. We're going to speak up at the election now. Can I say that it should not take a do-or-die method? It should not take a, all right, now, we're finally done with this, uh, you know, no, to, to finally stand up and voice what we believe. I believe our country uh, is going to get worse and worse at a rate that we cannot stop. Did you hear me? Notice my wording here. The Bible clearly says that it's going to wax worse and worse. But can I say this? Hey, I'm not here to just maintain. I believe we're here to speak the truth. We're to preach the gospel. Uh, and at the end of the day, if this world keeps getting worse, there's nothing we can do with that. But we can voice what's right. We can stand up for what's right. But we also can do that with truth and love. We don't have to show up. You know, the reality is a lot of people, you know how a lot of people view Christianity? They, they view it like we view the Westboro Baptist Church. That isn't a church, by the way. It's a cult. Going around picketing and boycotting funerals of our soldiers. Are you kidding me? That's absolutely blasphemous. That, not blasphemous, but that is absolutely ridiculous to go around and do those sort of, but that is the sort of thing that they're doing. You know, when uh, uh, some Christians, they're, they're, they're more hateful than the lost crowd. Can I say that that not, not be what we, what we, now you can, somewhere along the line, it's been misconstrued that if I'm against your lifestyle or what you're doing, that I must hate you. I don't hate you. I tell you the truth because I love you and I want to help you. Since when did telling somebody the truth of Jesus Christ, but you see, sometimes we can get so lopsided on this thing, we focus on that you're a horrible sinner and you're going to go to hell if you don't trust Christ. Hey, why don't we tell them about the good news of the gospel and what Jesus did? That's what saves the gospel. I believe you need to have a balance of it. You know, there are always troublemakers trying to discourage God's people from doing God's work. It's going to happen. You know, I believe sometimes our biggest, <laughs> I believe we, we talk ourselves out of doing things for God sometimes. I believe sometimes we can be our biggest criticizers if we're not careful. If you're down there and you're always <clears throat> those who are trying to keep people down, can I say, hey, find something positive. I'm not trying to say the old, you know, the old saying, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Uh, but can I, can I just say that tonight? Find something positive to say. I mean, seriously, sometimes we walk around and we're just negative about everything. Oh, they're going to take our guns. Oh, they're going to nuke us. They're going to, you know, we watch, you watch enough CNN or Fox News or whatever it is you watch. And I tell you what, if you're not careful, you're going to find yourself getting negative. Be, care, be careful what you feed yourself. Feed, hey, you say, do you watch the news? I don't. I don't, I don't ever watch the news. I read what I want to, want to know off the internet. 
on good sites, not just what shows up on Yahoo. Are you with me? I've had people, well, it must be true, it was on Yahoo. Your parents have any children that survived? Hey, come on. You realize that there is an agenda with all of the newscasts? You realize that they're getting paid to give you information? Are you with me? Dale Carnegie said this. He said, any fool can criticize, condemn, and complain, and most of them do. Did you get that? <laughs> uh, criticism. It's easy. You know what we do? We criticize people who aren't doing it like we are. And I believe many times the church suffers because of it. You're not worshiping just like we are. You're not dressing just like we are. You're not thinking exactly like we are. So therefore, you're wrong. Not necessarily. Can I just say that? Not necessarily. You know what? They fought criticism. They fought conspiracy. Their enemies plotted and planned how they might bring about their demise. And the church will come under that attack uh, from the enemy. It will. They're planning. They're planning. You know, when you're defeated, you know what you do? Uh, you have a couple options. You can sit back and regroup and say, all right, now, this is what I've done wrong, and this is how I can fix it. That's I love. You know what I love? I absolutely love to watch a rematch on a fight. I do. Boxing, whatever, UFC, whatever. It is. I love to watch a rematch because I tell you, when they come back, they, they are studied up. They, they worked extra hard. They're ready. And you know, sometimes in the Christian life, we allow different things to defeat us. And you know what we like to do sometimes? We like to tuck tail, run, hide, and just quit on God. Can I encourage you and beg you in here this, this evening? Don't quit on God because you've been discouraged. Don't quit on your bus route. Don't quit on your Sunday school class. Don't quit on passing out tracks. Don't quit on what God has for you uh, to be a witness for him because you've been defeated or some atheist punked you down or uh, somebody who knew a little bit more than you discouraged you. Hey, don't allow that to happen. You keep right on going. You know what they did? They fought. They fought, verses 10 through 12. They fought complaints. It's one thing when the enemy attacks your work. It's another when the attack arises from within. When it rises from within. This is what happened to Nehemiah and his workers. You know, can I just say this tonight? Be aware tonight that there will arise within your own ranks those who will not be satisfied with anything that you do. At work, Maybe even in here. Hey, can I encourage you? Hey, don't give up. If you're doing what God, you know what God wants you to do. Don't quit because one person criticized you. Because one person didn't like you. One person uh, spoke out against you. Hey, don't quit on God because of that. You know, we need to be aware and conscious of this fact that not everybody is going to like us. They're not. Not everybody. Can I say that I think one of the most hateful group of people on this planet are the LGBT community. I believe they are some of the most hateful people to ever walk this earth. Now, I don't believe they're all that way. But listen to me now, because we disagree on some things, I'm not going to quit and give in my standards because it hurts your feelings that I'm against this. I'm going to stand on truth. Are you with me tonight, church? 
If you're acknowledging God, then it's not up to you to figure out his will. It's up to him to direct our path. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Trust God in the little things and he will direct you in the big things. You know, our efforts and motives will be brought into question and everything we do will be scrutinized. But we need to remember tonight that our duty is not to please the critics and the complainers. Our duty is to please the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I say, uh, there's people in this room tonight who don't like this style of preaching, but, but listen to me now. My, my goal is not to please you and make you walk out of here feeling like a million bucks. My goal is to preach the word of God and to preach it properly and preach it truthfully and to preach it uh, expository in, this, in the, in the uh, regard that I'm preaching what the true verses say, not pulling something out of context and just making you feel good with it. You know, I've seen a lot of people pull verses out of context and and use it to their benefit, but it wasn't within context and so it meant nothing. You can pull any verse out and make it say whatever you want, but that doesn't mean that 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 you're going to get what you're looking for because you made it say what you want it to say. Someone said, the man who says It can't be done, should never interrupt the man who's actually doing it. And you know, I think think that's true many times. I think think we get criticized and we get uh, get complained on because somebody's too lazy or somebody doesn't like that you're able to accomplish something that they can't accomplish. Hey, that's okay. So you can't accomplish what the person in your pew is accomplishing. Hey, that's okay. Maybe God didn't give you those gifts. Maybe he gave you some other gifts to accomplish a part in the work as the body of Christ, as we're all working together. Are you with me here tonight? As we're all working together, we all serve a purpose in the body of Christ. <laughs> you know, let me, let, me, let me illustrate it to you this way. Let me illustrate it to you this way. How many of you grew up with siblings in your house? How many of you grew up with siblings? Okay. How many of you grew up with somebody else in your house besides yourself? Raise your hand. Okay, well then you're all with me now. Okay. I grew up with five siblings, and my mom was a cleaning lady. That's one of her part-time jobs. My mom kept the cleanest house she would ever, I mean, if she saw a speck of dirt, she was down, hey, pick that up. I mean, she didn't play. I mean, six kids, immaculate house, always, always. She would sit up in the night. She'd come home from work sometimes at 10, 11 at night. And if we had destroyed the house, she would wake us up out of bed and say, get out there, get that living room done, get that dining room cleaned up. You get in there and get that bathroom clean. I mean, she did not play. I mean, she, you, you knew better than to dirty the house and leave it. But you know what? In our house, every one of us, my mom made out a chore list and every one of us had a role and a part in the household chores. You know why? Because we were on the same team. One person didn't get away with this and the other one didn't. No, it wasn't always fair, but somebody cleaned the kitchen, somebody cleaned the bathroom, somebody cleaned the living room, somebody cleaned the dining room, somebody cleaned the hallway, somebody swept the stairs down, somebody, uh, you realize we were all, we all had a part in the work. Every one of us. And if that person lacked in that, we knew it. We knew it. We saw, hey, so-and-so didn't do their part. You know, I think about that, and that's how it was in my home growing up. And my mom, being a single mom for much of my upbringing, uh, she had to run a tight ship because she worked all the time to support us. My mom wasn't on welfare when we were growing up. She worked three jobs. She was, I mean, she was always working. 
<clears throat> but you know, I believe in the church house, you know what we're, we're comfortable doing? Letting two or three of the brothers and sisters do everything while we come and go and do nothing. Oh, was that harsh? I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to be. Are you with me tonight, church? <laughs> I had somebody come in one time. They said, uh, preacher, they said, somebody didn't clean the church. I said, well, how do you know that? They said, because I saw the same dirt in my pew that was there last week was there this week. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for this? I said, how did that dirt get there? Well, it might have been, you know what? It was probably for me. <gasps> you think it would be a good idea if you go back into the baptistry and grab the vacuum and you clean it? Say, hey, we're all part of this thing together here. They didn't like that too much. They're still here. You're okay. It's okay. It's okay. <clears throat> We're working together, church. We're working together. I made some of you mad. I better finish up. Get you out there to see the shuttle. Space Center. You know, when the attacks came, Nehemiah and his men did the right thing. They turned to God in faith. They exercised the privilege of prayer. And can I say prayer is a privilege? It's one of the tools that Satan does not have. It's one of the tools Satan cannot use against you. We have prayer. We, can, we have direct access to God. Hey, things aren't working out. I think about my little kids. If one of them, if one of them's messing with one of them, just today, uh, somebody was messing with Silas and he's in there and he comes in crying. You know what he did? He made a direct access to dad. Dad, dad, so-and-so hit me. Do you deal with it? I sure did. Hey, he, had, he knew to go, who to go to when he was in trouble, didn't he? Hey, can I say, we know who to go to, but we just fail to do it sometimes. But these leaders, I'm thankful for these leaders. They prayed. A missionary once said, how can I tell you I love you if I do not pray for you? And can I say for our missionaries, we ought to be praying for all of our missionaries. We truly should. Some of them are facing some battles uh, that, that we have not seen yet here in our country. I mean, some... some true persecution. I think about one of our missionaries, it was actually to Carter's to Tunisia, Africa. I remember uh, when they, uh, we started, we supported them when they were on deputation. And, uh, and I remember uh, the moment they arrived, they got off the plane, they were in the airport and somebody, some kid came up to their little girl and bit her on the arm, drew blood bitter, right out of the gate, getting off of the plane. And I just thought, wow, I remember him corresponding back with that. And I thought, man, we need to pray for them even more even more that God would protect their family and use them because obviously they were getting some persecution right out of the gate. Satan wasn't liking them being there. But you know what? The workers prayed, the laborers prayed. It wasn't just the leaders who called on God, but everyone involved in the work bathed the work in prayer. And can I say, you may not be a quote leader at Lighthouse Baptist Church, but you should be a prayer warrior. You should be a prayer going to God on behalf of others. You know, they were united. They were united. If there's one thing, I remember Lonnie Mattingly telling me, he said, Nathan, when he was in training to become a pastor, he said, Nathan, he said, he said every month, at least once a month, he said, I preach on the subject of unity. He said, because if there's one area your church must have, it's unity. It's unity. 
You know, there's a problem, and I'm so thankful we don't have this at our church, uh, at least on a large scale anyway, because uh, there's always stuff that I don't see or may not catch. Uh, but I'm thankful that we don't have these little groups of pockets of people who do their own thing and, and, and backbite and bitter and, and, and just talk about this and that and, and spread gossip. Can I say, uh, we ought to make sure that, that stuff is not there. You have somebody who wants to be negative. Hey, why don't you ask them to pray with you? Why don't you be my prayer partner tonight? Why don't you come on Wednesday night and pray with me? But you know what? They all worked. The Bible says they all watched. Everyone had their other's best interest at heart. Can I say that that should be the spirit? Don't, don't lose me now. I'm not going to be too much longer. Can I say that we ought to have everyone else's best interest at heart within ourselves at Lighthouse Baptist Church? It's not just about us. Hey, how can I help this person? How can I be a blessing to that person? The big picture was the main focus. Each member of, of this church should keep his or her eyes open for the slightest hint of trouble. You see something going on, hey, deal with it. Get on it with prayer. Report it, whatever the case may be. You know that the Great Wall of China was penetrated by enemies at least three times? And each time the guards were bribed. The church desperately needs strong gates and loyal gatekeepers. You know, I heard a message years ago uh, uh, on Judas entitled, There's Always One in Every Crowd. <clears throat> you know, it's absolutely amazing if you look at the life of Judas, a man who walked the part but was lost. A man who looked good on the outside. I mean, he sat at the feet of Jesus. Think about that but he was rotten to the core on the inside. I had somebody argue me one time. They said, you don't know that Judas was, say, uh, was lost? I said, well, he was called the son of perdition. <laughs> That's not good. But they were united. They were united. Each person had a different function, but they were all united in the work. Can I say at Lighthouse Baptist Church, everyone has a different function per se, but we should be united, praying together, praying for each other, courteous to each, courteous to each other. Unless the church works together as a team, it will not accomplish anything of eternal value. <clears throat> Can I say, do you spend more time complaining and criticizing than you do praying? Because if you do, then check your heart here tonight and deal with it. Deal with it. I don't like how this is done. Well, maybe I don't like it either, but we just don't have anybody to do it. <laughs> I don't like how this person does this. I don't like how they, hey, you know what? Why don't you pray for them rather than tearing them down? You know, they were fighting for their faith. More was at stake in Jerusalem than a wall. You know, Nehemiah uh, knew that the very worship of Jehovah was in the balance. They had to fight on. They had to carry on. <clears throat> I'll tell you, it, it, grie it grieves me. I was just, I just learned the other day, uh, thinking about the Baptist church up off of 75 that's right in that community of that Muslim mosque. And that Muslim mosque is hardcore going after that Baptist church. And uh, I tell you, it grieves me to think that those Muslims are going to go in there and buy up all that property. It grieves me. I'll tell you, I've been taking time each day specifically for 
that church. Many of you know who I'm talking about. I won't say it because it's being recorded, uh, but many of you know that church. And uh, I, I've been praying specifically for that church that God, and to my knowledge, still they don't have a pastor. I'm praying that God would place the right person in there to keep that church afloat because I don't want to see Islam taking over neighborhoods in our country, anywhere for that matter. They were fighting for their faith. They were fighting for their family, but they were ultimately fighting for their future. They were. The last generation attempted to ignore God, but this generation is tempted to eliminate him from all public and private life. Oh, can I say, can we speak out? I love it. I love to see the victories that we've been seeing here lately of the different people and their businesses where they were, uh, they were uh, threatened to be shut down for refusing to make a cake or whatever for a certain person. Hey, I believe they should have the right to make for whoever they want. Especially when it comes to religious matters. You know, spiritual work requires spiritual wisdom. Did you get that? I think sometimes we're trying to do the work of God, a spiritual work, in our own earthly wisdom. We can't accomplish what God wants us to do in our own wisdom. It's very clear in Scripture we can't do that. We need godly wisdom. We need godly guidance if we're going to do what God wants us to do. Can I say in here tonight, if you've had a spirit of harshness, bitterness, hatefulness, a spirit that is not of true unity at Lighthouse Baptist Church, can I, can I just urge you to come to the altar during the invitation and say, God, forgive me for this spirit that I've had. Forgive me for the negativity. Forgive me for the tearing down. Forgive me for the criticism. Hey, help me to be a pillar in this church. Help me to be a person that's going to uh, have the right spirit in this church. Because you realize in here, it only takes one person with a nasty, rotten, backslidden spirit to just quench the spirit in this room. That's all it takes. Can I encourage you in here today to get yourself right? Not just, not just for your own sake, but for the sake of unity of the believers at Lighthouse Baptist Church. If that's you, deal with it tonight. Deal with it tonight. Let's pray. Father. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com.